0: All right. Hello, everyone. This is Francesca and this is episode 22 of my podcast. Let me take you on a psychology adventure. And today we're talking about schema therapy. This is one of my favorite types of therapy. And I learned so much by finding my schema. Sorry for that. And I will talk about 18 maladaptive schemas that exist and tell you a bit about what schema therapy is. So schema therapy, to begin with, is an integrative approach which combines different elements of emotion-focused therapy, CBT, gestalt, attachment theory, and psychodynamic models like psychoanalysis. Schema therapy was introduced by Jeff Jung in the 90s and is considered an effective treatment of uh, personality disorders such as depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, OCD, eating disorders and a lot of others. And schema therapy is based on the assumption that bad childhood experiences where the basic needs of the child are not met which are safety, nurturing, nurturance, spontaneity, acceptance, stability, autonomy, identity, competence, expression, um, and for a world with realistic limits, cause the development of maladaptive schemas. Schemas are defined by Jung as patterns of information processing that influence emotions, thoughts, and attention preferences as well as how people perceive themselves, their relationships, and just the world around them in general. The dynamics that the child experiences in his family when he's a baby become the dynamic of his early world. So all the relationships that he has will be influenced by the relationship he had with his parents and their parents had between each other. In situations that trigger early maladaptive schemas, or just schemas in general, because they're all bad, (laughs) the adults most often experience a trauma from their childhood. Schemas usually develop as a result of four types of negative experiences, including toxic frustration of needs, which happens when parents fail to meet the emotional needs of the child, and we're going to talk about that group of schemas. Traumatization or victimization when the child experiences abuse or is victimized. Overindulgence or lack of limits when the child is overprotected or has no boundaries. And selective identification and internalization when the child internalizes his parents' behaviors, feelings or thoughts. All right. So, Jung... Identified 18 maladaptive schemas, and these are abandonment, mistrust or abuse, emotional deprivation, defectiveness or social shame, social or shame, social isolation, dependence, vulnerability to harm or illness, enmeshment or um, undeveloped, undeveloped, self failure. Um, Entitlement or grandiosity, insufficient self-control, subjugation, self-sacrifice, approval, pessimism, emotion inhibition, unrelating standards or hypercriticalness and punitiveness. When a maladaptive schema is activated... The person engages in coping strategies such as surrender, avoidance or overcompensation in order to handle the associated painful emotions that arise, causing impaired adaptive self-regulation. The goal of schema therapy is to help people find adaptive ways to meet their needs, their own needs. So as I said, there are some core emotional needs that everyone has and by changing dysfunctional schemas and patterns. For example, if someone's core need is of emotional intimacy, but it cannot be met because he has a schema that makes him see other people as unreliable or not trustworthy, dysfunctional emotional regulation will occur and the person might avoid avoid intimate relationships. If corrective experiences in schema therapy change the schema representation of intimate relationships, then the problem may be resolved. The experiential techniques used in schema therapy include processing of emotions related to aversive childhood memories, which represents the main difference compared to CBT, which is really famous, that focuses more on habituation and extinction, Common experiential techniques include guided imagery, role-playing, and chair-, chair dialogues. In chair dialogues, different chairs represent different perspectives or emotions, and the client performs dialogues between them by changing seats. Imagery rescripting represents one of the most powerful ways to change maladaptive schemas and reframe childhood experiences. Here the um, client brings back a traumatic childhood memory that is related to a maladaptive schema. And when they feel the core needs and emotions, then the rescripting part is done by adding a helping figure. It can be the client themselves or an adult, like a guide or an idol that the, ch- the patient has or the client has, to the image that helps fulfill the child's needs. Through this, um, the meaning of the trauma is reframed and studies showed that imagery restricting is successful in different disorders such as PTSD, social phobia and depression and has a greater impact on emotions compared to just talking or verbalization. Then we have historical role play, which represents a form of drama therapy, where the client switches between their own role, usually the child, and the role of the perpetrator which is usually the parent. And this helps the client see another perspective and change the meaning of the experience. Now, let's talk about the 18 maladaptive schemas. So what are they? So the first one is abandonment. The first schema is defined by perceived unpredictability and instability of close relationships. People who have developed the abandonment or instability schema exhibit chronic anxiety about losing their loved ones. They have exaggerated expectations that their significant others will eventually leave them. Maybe for someone better or that they'll die. So you can hear a lot of times, a lot of women have this fear that, you know, their partner might be in a car accident or... Something bad is going to happen and you are going to leave them. Besides the fear of abandonment, people with this schema might exhibit strong negative reactions such as anger or depression to actual or perceived loss. In order to prevent any possible rejection, instability and disconnection, people who have this schema tend to act clingy, needy, jealous, very controlling in relationships. They might have a hard time tolerating being alone, so they have fear of loneliness. And alternatively, others will, with the schema, might try to avoid intimate relationships in general in order to avoid the possibility of being hurt by ending, by the ending of these relationships. So they're so scared that the relationship will end that they choose not to enter the relationship altogether. Despite the strong attempts to avoid being left by their loved ones, people with the abandonment schema often choose to enter relationships with someone who cannot provide them with security, commitment and availability. So paradoxically, they, f- they fear abandonment but choose partners that are likely to leave them. The abandonment schema is typically seen um, in people with borderline And it's often combined with the subjugation schema that we're going to talk about in a bit, dependence or defectiveness schema. And um, this is funny, you know, because a lot of people, as I said, that have this abandonment schema, they will go for partners that can activate that schema because this is what our subconscious mind looks for. When we have a trauma, We will look for people that can activate our trauma in order to heal, in order to grow. And because it feels familiar. So if you learned that being abandoned or we're going to talk in a bit about emotional deprivation or abuse. If you learned that this is what love is supposed to look like, this is what you're going to look for. The second schema is the mistrust or abuse. This schema is characterized by the persistent belief that one will be, in some way, mistreated by others. A person with the mistrust schema tends to see others as untrustworthy and thus expects the worst for them. For instance, that others will lie, take advantage of him, cheat, manipulate, and in more extreme cases, abuse them. Such individuals often come across as suspicious or very paranoid. They are hypervigilant to abuse and believe that others will hurt them, intentionally or unintentionally, due to the selfishness or carelessness of of people. For this reason, they tend to avoid intimacy altogether or remain distant in relationships. People with the mistrust schema typically don't share their inner world with others, or they're very closed. Um, Consistent with their early experiences with an abusive family, these individuals often contribute continue the cycle of abuse in their adult relationships. So, for instance, if they had an abusive mother, they either enter relationships with abusers, like which is the victim behavior, or abuse uh, their partners themselves, which is the abusive behavior. The third schema is the emotional deprivation schema. This is the most common one for everyone. Adults who develop the emotional deprivation schema um, earlier in life tend to ignore their emotional needs. They also believe that these needs are not important or that strong and independent people don't have such needs. They typically exhibit psychological symptoms such as depression, loneliness, sadness, and even physical symptoms. However, they often don't realize that there is an issue behind these symptoms or they cannot figure out why they feel that way. The emotional deprivation schema develops when one's needs of love, understanding and guidance are not met by significant others. And Dr. Jung um, made the difference between three types of emotional deprivation. So the first one is missing love, affection and nurturing. So the person lacks care, physical proximity and attention. The second is lacking empathy, so one doesn't feel understood and listened by others. Or three, missing guidance and protection, where the person doesn't feel like they have someone to rely on for support. People with this schema often feel alone and empty. They expect that no one can meet their emotional needs, and also that they will not be supported or understood in relationships. It feels natural to them to not get these needs met. Therefore, they might often act as if they don't have such emotional needs. A key behavior of people with this schema is to divert communication, um, communicating their needs and emotions. So they avoid talking about themselves or act very tough and strong, even though they're actually not. Paradoxically, they often choose partners who are distant and aloof, so emotionally unavailable partners, who have other characteristics that relate to their early childhood environment. So as I said, this is the most often met schema. Most people have this schema. Now, the fourth schema is defectiveness or shame. So the defectiveness schema correlates with the perception that something is seriously wrong with or defective about the self. For example, the the defects can be related to the personality, physical appearance, like I'm too fat or I'm not tall enough or social behavior. So people with this schema feel deep shame about their perceived flaws. Furthermore, they typically feel unworthy or of love. So they don't feel like they deserve love and respect and it exhibits strong fear that their flaws can be exposed. So for instance, you feel stupid. Your biggest fear is that other people will not find out that you're stupid, you know, or that you're fat. Such individuals are also self-conscious, lack self-esteem and feel ashamed of who they are and how they are. They feel insecure and often compare themselves to others. Um, You know, as I'm talking about this, you can think about people in your life that might be like that. As a result of the persistent feeling of shame and anxiety related to one's flaws or defectiveness, social and intimate relationships might be perceived as a threat. So adults with this schema worry that when they get close to someone, their flaws will be uncovered, which will lead to extreme feelings of shame. For this reason, such individuals might avoid close intimate relationships or social contacts in general. People who have developed this schema have uh, typically suffered from rejection and strong criticism, which they have become extremely sensitive to. Moreover, they tend to allow others to devalue them. So they'll actually go in environments where um, maybe their boss or their colleagues are very critical of them. And if they have intimate relationships, they often choose partners who do not respect and treat them well. The fifth schema is social isolation. People who have the social isolation schema feel like they don't belong anywhere. They feel different. This typically happens when a child grows up in a socially isolated family or is in one way or another different from the mainstream because, you know, maybe they are extremely smart. Maybe they have extraordinary intelligence or they have an unusual appearance or um, they have a different sexual orientation or, you know, their family background or they're very rich and their friends are very poor. So there are many um, aspects of this. So you feel different as a child, basically. Even though some individuals who have developed the schema have intimate relationships, many end up alone in their lives. People with the schema feel disconnected and alienated from the rest of the world. And as a result, they avoid social contacts and social situations. The sixth schema is dependence or incompetence. The dependence-incompetence schema incorporates the belief that one is not able to form adequate judgments, make decisions, and handle everyday situations on their own. So people with the schema feel they need to consult with others before they act. So it's the people you'll always see asking for advice. They cannot take any decision unless someone else confirms it. Even more, they need someone to assist them and tell them what to do. People who have this schema perceive that they need others to survive and are therefore highly dependent on them. Consequently, such individuals usually seek someone who will take care of them or do everything for them. Occasionally, they are incapable of organizing their lives and performing basic tasks without the help of their caregivers. People who have this schema tend to avoid um, change and responsibility. They don't feel like they have an individual voice and intuition. A child typically develops a schema when the parents, even if they had good intentions, did all the decisions or tasks for him or her. And consequently, the child never learns how to experience judgment and develop the necessary skills to function independently in the world. So, you know, it's the families where the mom tells the child, do this, do that, eat like this, go to that. The child is not allowed to take any decisions, to make mistakes, to experience life on their their own. So they become dependent. And as adults... You know, they usually look for someone that's like a dad to them or a mom to them. So usually someone that takes care of them. The seventh schema is vulnerability to harm or illness. People who have the vulnerability schema live in constant fear that something awful will happen to them at any moment. Specifically, their anxiety could be related to events like becoming diseased or mentally ill, or becoming a victim of a crime or an environmental catastrophe. That is to say, people with this schema have an exaggerated perception of the likelihood of such terrible things happening to them. This schema is also associated with the perception that one is unable to protect oneself from anticipated disasters, or the person will not be able to prevent bad things from happening. And once that catastrophe occurs, one will not be able to handle it. The eighth schema is undeveloped self or enmeshment. So this schema typically develops when when children grow up merged with their parents. Their parents are way too close emotionally to the child, and way too involved in everything the child does. People who have this schema don't have a strong and stable sense of who they are. Rather, they feel they, that they are not whole without the enmeshment figure. That could be a friend, a sibling, a parent, or someone else. Individuals with this schema are so strongly connected to the enmeshed figure that it's as if their world revolves around this person. They typically think a lot about, talk about, and depend on the enmeshed figure and feel guilty when they don't do so. Such enmeshment often causes um, deficiency in one's social development as well as strong feelings of emptiness. The ninth schema is failure. So people with the schema feel like they're going to fail in life. For instance, that they're not as smart, efficient, skilled, or talented as the people around them. Generally, failure is related to academic, athletic, or professional performances. These individuals believe that they will continue to fail in whatever it is that they do, Uh, and they'll like to achieve. So, as a form of self-fulfillment prophecy, they often sabotage themselves, and they actually fail. However, some people who have this schema might try to put extra effort into their education, jobs, or other activities to overcome the perceived lack of skill, intelligence, or talents. And oftentimes, people with this schema do exhibit lower achievements compared to their peers. In some cases, this is due to the lack of discipline, focus, or dedication. Although, in other cases, the failure schema might reflect real deficiencies that prevent one from being as successful as their peers, it's usually just a schema and something they've learned. And it's just like a self-fulfilling prophecy. The tenth schema, I really like this one, to be honest, is entitlement or grandiosity. So people who have this schema feel superior to others. And so they tend to focus on their strength and minimize their flaws. They also perceive themselves as special and disregard the fact that they, like everyone else, have limitations and weaknesses. Such people don't believe they need to follow the rules that apply to others. You know, they're usually rebels. They need to get what they want in life, regardless of whatever it's realistic and reasonable. And so they tend to walk over people who get in the way of that. Um, Jung distinguished between three subtypes of this schema. So first, it can be fragile entitlement. So when people overcompensate for their emotional deprivation schema, and this is related to narcissism. The second one is pure entitlement, so which is not related to other schemas. The parents usually spoil the child. And the third one is dependent entitlement, which is connected to the uh, dependent schema, with, where the person believes that others are obligated to take care of them because one is special and superior. Now, I have to say, people with the entitlement schema are not bad people in any way. This is something that they experienced in their childhood, could be because they were spoiled, could be as a protection mechanism. They're not bad people, but this is just the protection mechanism that they found. The eleventh one is insufficient self-control and self-discipline. This schema is characterized by impaired emotional tolerance and self-discipline. So people who have this schema come across as impulsive, unreliable, and disorganized. They typically can't resist their impulses and endure discomfort. When adults lack self-control, they usually focus on short-term gratification and don't uh, consider the consequences of their actions. As a result, they exhibit issues in various areas of their life. They might want to change their behavior, but they often feel like they don't have any control of it. Children usually develop the schema when their parents didn't set any limits or didn't encourage them to tolerate emotional discomfort to achieve long-term goals. The twelfth one is the schema of subjugation. The subjugation schema includes the belief that the person's emotions, needs, preferences and opinions are not important. What's more, if emotions are not suppressed, they will cause rejection or punish or punishment. Uh, One's feelings and desires are not suppressed because of moral values or standards, but because of fear that something bad will happen if these are not suppressed. So they suppress their desires, basically. Adults with this schema usually allow others to dominate them, and other and um, often enter relationships with controlling partners. Then they feel weak and powerless. In some cases, they might become rebellious to counteract their fears and negative beliefs. On the bright side, this schema is not as difficult to heal. The third thing one is self-sacrifice. Similar to subjugation schema, the self-sacrifice schema is associated with giving up one's own needs and focusing on the needs of others. The two schemas, however, are very different. Uh, Firstly, people who have the subjugation schema feel powerless and controlled by others. They suppress their needs in order to avoid the anticipated negative consequences. On the contrary, people who have the self-sacrifice schema choose to put others and their needs first because they believe this is the right thing to do. Even if people with the self-sacrifice schema have good intentions to prevent others' pain and are highly uh, empathic, they often end up stressed and exhausted from giving so much to others. Oftentimes, they also have the emotional deprivation schema, so they care much about others but receive little in return, so their own needs are never adequately met. This might also result in negative feelings toward the towards the ones that they sacrifice for. So, you know, it's a paradox because you do everything for the other person and you give yourself, but then you start hating or resenting them because you don't get anything in return. The fourth thing is approval seeking, recognition seeking schema. So for people who have this schema, this sense of self-worth is based on the opinions reactions, and approval of others. We all have this in a certain measure. So I forgot to mention this in the beginning. We, ha- we all have all of these schemas, but in different pro- proportions. So for instance, I can have the emotional deprivation schema 90%. I can have the uh, pessimism schema 10%. And you can actually do tests online to test your schemas. Now, let's continue with the approval-seeking schema. Uh, People who have this schema place a huge emphasis on how they and their lives look on the outside to illustrate they focus on money, success, status, appearance, and possessions. Generally, this is a reflection of their attitude of one's parents whose values were based on what's socially desirable. So, what will people think of you? and not what is good for them or their child. Because with this, schema generally don't have an authentic sense of self, of who they are and what they truly want in life. What's more, they don't act upon their own judgment and inclinations. Still, their pursuit of admiration, approval and attention is not based on fear that expressing their true self will have bad consequences which is in the subjugation schema, or desire to help others, which is in the self-sacrifice schema, or perception of superiority and desire for control, which is the entitlement, or internalized or personal standards, which is in the unrelating standards schema. The 15th one, and we have three more, is pessimism. People with this schema tend to look on the negative side of life. Specifically, they focus on the pain, suffering, failure, and adversity of life and downplay its positive aspects. They live in a chronic anxiety and worry because they expect that things will go badly. These beliefs are also accompanied by the anticipation that mistakes will have extreme consequences. Therefore, people with this schema stress and ruminate a lot about their life. When it comes to the future, they are pessimistic and often indecisive. They may often appear obsessive in their efforts to prevent mistakes so as to avoid um, corresponding disasters. On the other hand, kids can develop this schema by um, copying the bad attitudes of their parents. So if a parent is very pessimistic... Or on the other hand, negativity and pessimism can be a result of hardship and adver- adversity in their childhood. So, if they had a really tough childhood, the sixteenth one is emotional inhibition. People who have the emotional inhibition schema place a lot of value on self-control. Thus, these adults don't usually act normally, spontaneously, no- sorry, naturally, spontaneously, or playfully. They inhibit their expression of both positive and negative emotions. Anger or aggressiveness, vulnerability, sexual desire, joy, etc. They might also try to stop others from showing intense feelings. So they get uncomfortable if someone is very expressive. Rather, they appear as strict, emotionless, reserved... The overall belief is that um, demonstrating, talking about, or acting upon one's emotions is a bad thing. Occasionally, the perceived um, importance of self-control might be actually uh, culturally based. Yet, the emotion inhibition schema is most often caused when a child is shamed for behaving or communicating naturally and playfully. To avoid such... um, Disapproval and shaming in the future, the child learns to exercise self-control and eventually inhibits his own emotions. The seventh schema is Unrelating Standards or Hypercriticism. People who have developed this schema strive to meet extreme and rigid standards and rules, yet they don't do that because they seek external validation. They do it for themselves. So they don't do it for external validation. The underlying standard schema is associated with perfectionism, obsessive attention to details, and highly critical uh, towards others and oneself. But this is natural. If you're critical with yourself, you'll be critical with others as well. So, you know, when someone is critical with you, never take it personally, because it's about their criticism with themselves. Adults who have this schema might pursue perfection in various and multiple areas such as professionally, moral views, academic achievements. They also tend to be preoccupied with productivity and efficiency to find it difficult and they find it difficult to slow down. As a result of chasing perfection, they often end up feeling exhausted, burned out, irritated or anxious. Keeping up with their own internal standards might cause intense pressure and harm their well-being, as well as their relationships, because they tend to be very critical. Lastly, children who develop this schema often grow up in families where the standards were set extremely high. For example, these standards can be related to performance, behavior, moral, ethical principles. Another possibility is that setting and striving to meet under uh, unrelated standards is a way to cope with the defectiveness schema. So these schemas are also related with each other, you'll see. And the last schema, the 18th schema, is punitiveness. So the punitiveness schema is also known to pass on through generations. So children who develop it typically mirror the beliefs and attitudes of their parents. It is characterized by the rigid belief that mistakes should be punished rather than forgiven. Adults who have this schema are often intolerant and unforgiving unforgiving towards others as well as towards themselves. They also have strict standards and do not accept human failure or mistakes. Uh, They typically don't take into consideration circumstantial factors that might have led to mistakes. This schema might be combined with the unrelating standards, so perfectionism, and the defectiveness schema. Firstly, with unrealistic standards, one would punish themselves for not keeping up with their perfectionistic standards. Secondly, with the defectiveness, one would punish themselves for being defective or flawed. So how do you heal all of these maladaptive schemas? it is to ske- through schema therapy. And the techniques that I've talked about earlier, like um, re-scripting or imagery and there are certain CBT methods uh, comparing pros and cons and so on. But the best thing is to talk to a schema therapist. I really recommend it because you will discover a lot about yourself. So this was the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and I hope you found out something about yourself. Um, If you have any suggestions for future podcasts, please let me know. Okay, thank you. Bye.